You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. I hope this finds you having a beautiful day during this corona quarantine that we are all still pushing ourselves through. I do hope that you're all having a very sound day within your sobriety and addiction recovery practices, staying mindful of what exactly is happening around you, the emotions that you're allowing to come in, the emotions that you're thus presenting outward. There's so much going on with this quarantine. And so many of my episodes have been specifically about how to handle what's going on within our lives, within the entire country, and in fact, the world with this quarantine. And we've really had a lot of emphasis on our emotional stability and how we're going to control our emotions, how we're going to receive the emotions of those that are also quarantined in the same house with us. We've discussed in great detail how to stay mentally sharp, whether it's learning a new thing on Udemy or rather picking up a book that you haven't had an opportunity to read previously. Now today, we're going to start discussing some physical aspects of your sobriety and recovery that are going to be able to help you really just gain a grasp on what it is that you can truly attain in your physical prowess in sobriety and recovery if you set your discipline and your determination towards it. Today, I have an excellent guest for you. I found him over on Instagram. He's somebody I've been following for a little while. And when I saw that he was a sober, uh, a health and fitness coach, I couldn't help but think, wow, what kind of addition could he be to the show? Then I go into his account a little bit more and notice he's also a triathlete and he's really used that along with his sobriety in tandem to push himself to places he never thought possible. So today's guest is Mark Turnipseed. Pretty awesome name. We're going to get into that. He is the founder of Integrity Endurance and he's a sober health and fitness coach. So without any further ado, Mark, welcome to the show. Mr. Jesse Mogul, I appreciate the invite, sir. How are you today? Oh, man. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful day. It is, it is midweek here on what will be the start of my fifth week of quarantine. How have you been and how, how long have you been in quarantine um, and what's it been like for you? Well, um, quarantine's been interesting. It's had its up and downs, that's for sure. Um, especially as a, as a triathlete, I had a race scheduled in May um, and it was a very important race. It was probably going to be my strongest race as of yet. Um, so I had been training really hard for it. I'm faster and stronger than I've ever been. And then it was canceled. Bam, ripped out from under me. Um, you know, I've used races to be my focus when it comes to my health and wellness and my fitness. And so stripping out that focus, was it, it, it's taken an interesting um, um, turn for me to, you know, kind of alter what keeps me driven. Um, in my health and wellness and fitness. And so um, I've had to have a lot of internal dialogue to really find it in me to, to stay as active. Um, not to mention that we're not able to hit the gym up, but we're also, you know, um, we don't have that, that goal in play. And so that's been interesting. Um, you know, there's, there's been a slew of other things um, I had to move in the middle of the quarantine, which was an outstanding, <laughs> oh, no. seemingly insurmountable um, task. 
But, you know, sobriety has taught me to just put one foot in front of the other. And so when my, um, when my roommate started to um, have a difficult time and wanted me out of the house, I decided just to pack up my stuff, not argue with it, not try to fight it, um, and just move along, you know, put my good positive energy out there. And as I was pulling out, um, I got a phone call from some dear friends of mine who invited me to um, come live in their house, in their basement apartment. And so I got extremely blessed and um, I'm in a spot now that I can, I can work out, I can run still on the trails out here, um, stay fit and um, surrounded by some good people. So the quarantine for me has, has been um, honestly a little bit of a blessing. You know, there's so many awesome things that you just said in there. So we're going to go back and touch upon a few before we get too much deeper into this conversation. Um, let's start with the, the first one. When you, we'll go with the emotional aspect, because again, I love talking about all four of our components of life, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. You're asked by your old roommate to to leave the house and you 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 stay emotionally centered without getting triggered and just move with the idea, okay, he wants me out. Let's not fight this and let's just go. And, you know, again, you know, some people call it blessed. Some people call it luck. I say, you know, you were the person you were to have friends who wanted to invite you in during all of this. And that took work in its in and of itself. How did you stay emotionally centered when you're asked to leave your home, especially during the quarantine? And there's so many unanswered questions about what your life will look like once you pack up your car and you pull out of that driveway. How did you do that? Um, you know, when, when things happen where there's a level of uncertainty, to me, there begins to be the greatest chance to fall into faith. And for myself, a place of faith is more comfortable than any place of certainty than I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I have been so sure, you know, that, that this thing was going to work, that that thing was going to work, that this was going to pay out, that this relationship was going to be the best thing ever. And those types of things always end up um, not as I projected, not as I planned. But faith, on the other hand, always has proven itself to be a um, a safety spot. And so, you know, when when something like that happens, where there's absolute uncertainty, no degree of where the next moment's going to take me, I find a greater sense of peace in that than a place where I go, I know the equation to this. I know how it's going to work out. Um, I, you know, sobriety's taught me that um, more than anything else, because in, in, when in active addiction, I knew what was going to work to decrease my anxiety. I would take my pill. I would take my shot. You know, um, I knew what was going to get me to oblivion. You know, I would inject my heroin. I would do a whole bunch of Coke on whiskey. You know, I knew these things were going to work, but did they continue to work? No, they didn't. And, um, you know, that's, <laughs> of course that's, not. Just, that's just a beautiful example of where something that seems like it's 
It's so predictable and it's going to work out for you and you can control it. And then it doesn't at all. You end up trying to be a chemist in your life and it just doesn't work. You're like, why isn't this working tonight? Why can't I get free from my sadness or my anxiety? And you're like, oh, and now I realize like, oh, I know why I can't get free. I'm not handing it over. I'm not falling into the comfortable cushion of faith that's provided for me. And if I do that, then I can find that peace and that solace, no matter what's going on. I love your perspective, Mark, on that. You know, there's a couple of things that really stood out. One, it is, you know, um, the pain, the, the, the medicine becoming the poison. I think every single one of us has had the suffering that led us to the medicine that, and then the suffering turns the medicine into the poison. And we continue to think that if we just keep mixing up new levels of concoctions, that we can somehow continue to, to mute the uh, emotional traumas and pains that we feel. So it's, uh, I definitely see how my listeners and I can draw a direct line from what you've experienced to what we've experienced. And uh, of course, I think no matter what sobriety program that you um, that you follow, whether it be AA or Refuge or Smart or something that you've created on your own, and definitely regardless of what uh, religion doctor religious doctrine you follow or God you call your own, I think we can all believe very strongly that when I've had faith in myself, when we've all had faith in ourselves, it just seems like it, it works out. When somebody's like, how do you know you're going to be sober for the rest of your life? I'm like, well, I don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I have faith in myself that when the rest of my life plays out well, on that particular day, I'll be able to make the right decision for the betterment of my own self. And so yeah. I, I love how you've taken on that mindset. And it must, <laughs> I think about somebody running a triathlon and having only run half marathons for the better part of a year. I think I ran my first one at the end of a, in a December of like 2011. And then I ran one a month, a couple times I ran a few a month for about a year. Uh, and then I tore up my knee. And so that stopped all of that. But I just remember thinking how long I would be um, stuck inside my head, even when the music was playing after a while, even that would just become monotonous and get shut off. And it's like, you're just in your head the entire time. What does that look like for you when you're going through these like 70 mile, you know, I, I know what a triathlon, for those of you who don't, it's, you got to swim, then you have to bike and then you have to run. And I, it can be a varying distances. You're in, you just got so much time to be with Mark. What is, what does that look like? Feel like, uh, what does that sound like for you to be in the middle of that amazingly difficult physical challenge, uh, pushing yourself with all that time to really just conversate with yourself? You know, when, when you describe that, Jesse, it, it, uh, honestly just it brought a chill up into my into my body and into my spirit um and a little bit of tears twinkle out of my eyes the the spot that you get into on an an endurance endeavor like a triathlon to me has has no has no parallel um there's there's not a break point you have to um push past the pain you lean into it and to me I, I mean it's a it's a beautiful example of faith honestly because um, that's probably the greatest lesson that I have learned in triathlon is to trust not what I believe about myself but what I have been trained and what I have been given 
And so when I first started doing triathlon, I followed this plan, right? And this plan told me to run this distance and swim that distance and bike that distance. And I would develop all these uncertainties like, well, yeah, but I'm not putting them all together. Like I'm not doing it all at one time. Am I ever going to be able to do this distance? My, my running plan actually never even ran the full distance of what my triathlon was going to be. And I was like, I don't even know if I can run that far, care less if I can do it after swimming and after biking. And my coach just telling, kept telling me, Mark, trust the process, trust it. I'm building you up, you can do it. And that to me, Jesse, is exactly what God has told me about my sobriety. He's told me, Mark, I've built you up. You can do it. You've got the strength. You can, you can be sober through this event. You can be sober throughout this. Um, and so when it came to the event, the, well, two weeks before the event is a period called taper. And that's where you basically quit exercising for the most part. And quitting to exercise for a triathlete means that we only run about six miles a day. And so for me, that taper time is a very large anxiety provoking time because you feel like you're losing everything. But really what's happening is your body's actually recovering and it's building stronger than it's built the whole entire season. And so when you get out to that race, all you have is, is either trust or you don't have trust. Right when you hop into that water, you better damn well believe that your plan has you prepared because otherwise I've had anxiety attacks mid swim and thought that I was going to die. I've had to roll over on my back and, 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 and paddle out basically. Um, I've gotten better at that, but it can still happen. And it happens. People end up, you know, having to drop out of these races because they stop believing and trusting the process that's going through them, that they are prepared. Um, and so, you know, what happens to me as salt, the motivation just dwindles away. Like you don't, you're, you're on the run. It's hot at this point of the day. Um, you're so exhausted that you cannot encourage yourself anymore. <laughs> you have no way of, you know, tapping into that, that rap song or that Rage Against Machine song that just helps you push on through. There's no pushing on through. There's just leaning into it and going with it and believing that it's going to work out. And that to me is, is more, is longer lasting and it's more sustainable than any of my efforts to, um, to, to boost myself up in those in those times and to me that is a perfect kind of analogy and connection when it comes to sobriety when we go i don't know if i can handle this divorce i don't know if i can handle this upcoming test there's so much pressure i need a xanax so that i can sleep before this exam tomorrow um, when it gets that hard all you have to do is believe that you have what it takes. You have the tools. You have the strength God has built in 
named my business Integrity Endurance um, because it's about using what is built inside of you to run the race and to run it with integrity throughout the entire time. Uh, I was telling you, there's just some great nuggets of wisdom in that. I hope you guys all had a chance to gather that in. Go back and listen to some of that again. If you didn't, we're going to we're gonna do a little review because I really think that you struck upon some great parallels. And right when you first got into the story of the triathlons and what it's like to, to lean into them and to know that you have the skills in you, this is really, for all of you all out there, uh, maybe at the beginning stages of your sobriety and addiction recovery journey is realizing that this is why we're going to meetings. This is why you're listening to a podcast like this. This is why you go and you read certain books that up-level your mental acuity and they give you more tools and resources. Just like Mark had to go out there and train. And even though he had never trained for the actual distance, he would ultimately be asked to run. He knew that he had prepared himself in such a manner that when the going got rough and tough and he had to really bear down on it that he could do it because he'd already pushed himself to a certain place. He mentally knew he was capable of doing it because he'd already told himself that he could, right? Like, what do we talk about when we're talking about languages in our head? How are we talking to ourselves? You know, obviously Mark's going at things saying, I can accomplish this. And that language is pushing him through when it gets tough. I mean, Mark, the the faith over the physical pain, the trust, the process, the the God is you know can help you with your sobriety, just like He helps you with your triathlons. I mean, this is the message that I want my audience to hear. I'm consistently pushing them to go out there and try something new within their physical um, journey. Right, you know, go out and hit the gym if you've never hit the gym. Go for a run if you have to start off and you're just lucky if you can walk a block. Um, and I know I read that somewhere in one of your blog posts when you first started doing it. It was like walking down the street or running a mile was exhausting for you. Mm -hmm. And now here you are, you know, just tramping out triathlon after triathlon, because even if you had to take one walk down the block, the next week it's two blocks. The next day it's three blocks. Mm -hmm. You see guys, how you start to build upon your accomplishments. It's like, go out there, you push yourself physically and that will prove to yourself mentally and emotionally and spiritually that you have all of that. So much of this stuff that we talk about, Mark, is stuff that we can do in our bedrooms, reading and, and getting on the phone and having emotionally vulnerable conversations and practicing our spirituality or our religiousness. But when you go out and you push yourself physically, it's like all of those things have to come into play. And you seem to have really harnessed that energy. And now you're going out there and let's talk about your business because I love that you have decided to coach people up through what you've already, you know, done for yourself to show other people through your company, Integrity Endurance, that they too can achieve great things if they're willing to put in the work. Yeah, I, you know, I loved what you were discussing in that dialogue about, um, about just getting started and putting one foot in front of the other. That's the most essential thing. And it doesn't change. Like, it does not change no matter how fit you get. And it doesn't change no matter how much time you put into sobriety. It's still always just one foot in front of the next. Um, and my my last situation is a per- perfect example of that. You know, all it is, all that I have is the first task, the first set of things that I need to deal with, which is packing up my stuff and just doing the best that I can at packing up my stuff. The next situation presents itself when it does 
Um, and I love triathlon for that because the first thing that you have to do is swim. All you have to do is swim. You just swim. You don't think about anything else. The next thing you have to do is just bike. That's all you have to do. Just bike. And then the last thing, all you got to do is run. I mean, you know, how hard can it be? And you can even walk during those races. <laughs> so, you know, just you got to take the pressure <laughs> off. You got to take the pressure off yourself by just doing it. That's really what it takes. Um, the pressure, our pressure only hangs on to us as much as that we're holding ourselves back. Once we, once we take that step, once we jump into that pool, once we put our running gear on and, and step outside with our running shoes, all of a sudden, a degree of pressure has dropped off, off of us. Once we start into our stride, even if we've never ran before and it's extremely uncomfortable, once we start, a degree of pressure drops off of us. And as we continue to go along this process, we start to build strength. We start to build confidence. I talk a lot in my blog about when I first started to train in the gym, I was living in Montana. And so there wasn't much running outside. So I had to run inside of a gym. And treadmills to me were the bane of my existence. I would, ne I never wanted to <laughs> hop suck. on them. Yeah, they suck. But also everyone's around you, like breathing and sweating and watching you. And I just, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um, well, I did. I ended up hopping on it. I ended up, you know, going through the process. And now it's one of my favorite things to do. I love hopping on the treadmill. Um, but it's a, it was an entirely uncomfortable thing at first. And so, you know, just hopping out there and, and beginning the process is, is, it's easier than it looks too. You know, it, it seems before you jump that it's going to be impossible. And then once you jump, you go, wow, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Has anyone out there ever worked your night step? I don't know about you guys, but it was extremely anticlimactic. I thought that these things that I was holding back from, from telling other people were going to absolutely destroy our relationship. I thought that, that you know, hiding the fact that I'm gay to my parents was the only thing that was, that was keeping our relationship together after everything else that I put them through. But when I did, all they did was hug. That's all that happened. All they did was hug me. There were other times in the ninth step where I had to admit that I had, um, you know, stolen something. What happened? Nothing. Just, okay, thanks for telling me that. <laughs> you know, um, and <laughs> that's the same, that's the same it is with exercise. It's just stepping out there and then and then when that happened, your faith, each time you step, your faith is built. You're all of a sudden, you're, you start walking in faith. That's what happens. You start believing that the next step is provided for you, that you don't have to worry about all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, life gets light. You don't need, you don't need substances to, to, to make it seem light because light, life is. Life becomes light. And it's a, it's a beautiful process. Putting it, using the physical training uh, 
I use it in my business to help make sense of a lot of the stuff that we're going through in sobriety. Um, because I had a very difficult time understanding this stuff by just sitting in a meeting. Um, when I actually put my body through this type of a type of stuff and applying the principles from my program of Alcoholics Anonymous into uh, my program of triathlon, I began to be a better triathlete and vice versa. When I applied the lessons that I was learning in triathlon of just jumping in the water, just swimming, just breathing, just trusting the process, I started to become better in my recovery. So I, I think the parallels there and I think the ultimate foundation is, is really just doing it. You know, the parallels you can draw, Mark, between the the one day at a time versus, you know, never going to drink again. Just that, you know, I, I wear a necklace that's got my 24-hour chip on one side of it, and then it's got my three-year chip on the other. It's, you know, basically it's just two AA keychains that I just put on a necklace side by side. But the point being is that I think it was my second episode of this show was one day at a time versus I'm never going to drink again. And it's like, I have faith that I won't ever drink again. But I also know that I only have to worry about today, that I'm only taking each step today towards tomorrow, and that there is no stress about this 74 steps away because I still have to get through the next 73 one at a time. And just the parallels between how you see a, a triathlon and how you see your endurance in these events and then how you've taken it to your sobriety. And like your blog says to you, sobriety and triathlons are, are, are one program. They are one step. You've, you've connected them so uh, beautifully together for yourself that one becomes the other and the other becomes the other one. And I think I can't help but just be marveled at the mindset shift that you had uh, completely changing your life, you know, using drugs and alcohol. The blog mentions heroin. I've no doubt there was other drugs and the fact that you were um, secretly closeting gay, but yet you had a wife and you had children to be able to overcome all of that and become the person you are today. I just, I want to commend you for the amount of hard work and, and sacrifice that must have taken uh, the humility that you, that you've embraced, the gratitude that you clearly show those that are in your inner circle and just around you in general. Um, on top of that, the integrity, which, I mean, those are my three pillars. It's, it's humility, gratitude, and integrity are my three pillars of my sobriety and recovery. And the fact that you've named your company integrity um, is just, <laughs> there's a symbiosis here, man, that, that's marvel to me. When you go and coach up uh, your clients, when you go and, and you speak about your sobriety and your triathlete and triathlons and all that, what are some main um, points? You know, usually what I ask of my guests is like, what are like three main, you know, foundational points that you like to adhere to that you like to teach to your clients so that they can fully grasp your tenets that you follow? Well, I think the first thing that people have to have to grasp is letting go um, and just just putting one foot in front of the next. Whenever I have a client, there's you know they they we talk about goals and things, and then and then it's oh my God, you mean I actually have to go to the gym? You mean I actually have to run that far? And it's just just go with it. Just let go and, and trust the process. Do the best that you can. Um, the, the second one is that consistency is king. 
um, anything that we are consistent and and persistent about our consistence, <laughs> we're going to succeed. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, success is kind of a relative term. So, you know, you may win the triathlon, you may win the race, or you may just finish, or you may just get through the swim. But no matter what, if you are consistent in that training plan, you are going to feel like the most accomplished human being that you've ever felt. Um, I came in my first triathlon, there was 93 people in it. And I was the 90th person to complete the race. And I was a young guy. And there were, there were people like 65, 70 just flying past me. Um, but it was the whole training process that, was, that had, had built in me this, this confidence and this smile across my face that, um, that nothing could take away. You know, not even if I wasn't able to to cross that finish line. It's because each day there was a success. Because each day I I was I said I'm going to be consistent with this. I'm going to keep going. Um, so consistency is king. And what I do, I work a lot with my clients of of um, not really like coaching. Like get down and give me twenty. You do it. Push it harder. Push it harder. But rather. <laughs> Rather, it's about finding that internal drive towards consistency, um, and so that so that they're not motivated necessarily by external forces, but they're intrinsically driven um, by values. Um, and the last, you know, foundational thing that that I implement is mindfulness and reflection. Um, so that you really understand what you just did, what you just went through every single day, every single moment. Um, understand the gravity of one day at a time. It is an absolute beautiful, beautiful miracle that I'm standing here today sober with all the stuff that's going on. And it's a beautiful miracle that there's hundreds of thousands other people just like me during this quarantine, five weeks deep, still sober. That to me is just miraculous. And, and to reflect on that type of stuff to me builds that gratitude needed to, to overcome and, and that, that confidence and that, that inner just, just drive that, that helps a person finally start becoming. Yeah, I love your message. Man, I love your message. And I think it's extremely important that people keep in mind the beauty, um, the just this, this is sheer magnitude of what it's like to stay sober for one day. It's certainly not something that some of my friends who still drink or the ones who never really drank that much, you know, whenever I first got sober, I'll never forget my roommate at the time didn't really give it much merit at all. And considering that he had a brother who's been, you know, who's still killing himself with alcohol and drugs. Uh, I was always a little bit shocked that he didn't um, see how, I'm not going to say brave because that, that sounds a little too hubris, but just how, how difficult it can be. Even when you've reached your limit and you do not want to use any longer that, that, that coding that we have in ourselves that continues to push us to, to, 
keep trying to find that perfect concoction like we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's still there and it, and it can push us past that, oh, I should quit right into, oh, here comes another three-month bender. And so there is a beauty of miraculousness to um, our sobriety and our addiction recovery. Uh, it's I'm absolutely just in love with everyone who is able to stay centered and mindful and continue to be sober during this quarantine. And equally, I, I feel that a, a deep sense of loss and sadness when I think about the people who have relapsed and what that's going to look like for them when they come out of quarantine and they look to get their lives back on track. What would be a message you would say to those who are struggling? Perhaps they've already relapsed or it's something where each day they're in a they're in a living environment that is just not conducive to them really practicing their addiction recovery to their best of their abilities. What's that message you're going to have out there for those people who who just maybe just need something that lifts them up for one minute, one hour, one day, whatever it might be. Well, Jesse, I if there's if there's one thing that I've learned in triathlon, it's that I am far from perfect. I I'm not able to complete a a run to um, I'm not able to complete a bike distance. I end up eating too much pizza the night before, and I'm not able to swim the next day as hard as I want to. Um, and when it comes to life, I'm not very humble. Thanks for the um, the the compliment, but I am a very egotistical bastard who's not very humble at all. <laughs> Um, I think that I understand it all. You know, there's there's so many things in life that are just not perfect and are just never going to be perfect. Um, sobriety is definitely one of those. And I look at um, I look at relapse with my sponsees in particular the same that I would if they had an argument with their wife. I say it's okay, man. Pick yourself up, pat yourself on the shoulder. Tomorrow, today's a new day already. The fact that you're talking to me right now, it's a new day. The fact that you are thinking about this right now, it's a new thought. You're on, you're on the right track, you know, it's okay. Um, and at that point, there, there comes that, that pivotal decision to, either trust the process or try to take control of it again and make it yours. Well, trust the process. Trust the fact that even if you're thinking, man, I shouldn't have done that. It's time to, time to pick. You're on the right thought path. If you're calling your sponsor back, you're on the right thought. You're on the right track. If you're going to a Zoom meeting, you've made it, man. That's all you got to do. Is one step in front of the other. And I'm the same way as you today, even if I didn't drink. I've got a lot of things that I need to be in those meetings for. Um, so just because it's, you know, a bottle of liquor empty beside your table doesn't mean that I'm any different because underneath my bed is a whole hairy smorgasbord of character defects that can drive a liquor bottle into the grave. So let's just realize we're all in this together. 
I love your message, especially, you know, about uh, one of my sayings, it's not sobriety that's difficult, it's life. So don't blame your recovery for the BS that life throws your way. And I really think you summed that up so perfectly there. It's like, life is difficult. We've just maybe not known it as much because we were always high and buzzed. And now that we're sober, we're like, oh, I was told that this was going to be the land of milk and honey. Just like everything else in life, there's ebbs and flows and ups and downs. A roller coaster can't just be, you know, constantly exciting. It has to have its trans transition points. And so I think it's just really important for people to realize that, you know, whether it be a Zoom meeting, whether it be reading a book, listening to my show, listening to another show, uh, going out and doing jumping jacks, going to your blog. Uh, I think it was, it's called Trials to Triathlon. Um, you know, going over there, you finished it up and you've moved your blog over to Integrity Endurance, but there's still some great reading over there. Even during this uh, podcast, I was able to Google a couple of different things that came to mind from what you said. And so there's just so many different things out there that can help you guys get through the next minute, get through the next five, uh, 10 minutes, you know, whatever it might be, just the fact that you're willing to take that step. And then the next step will come. And before you know it, you're through another day and there could be another 30 or 40 or 60 of these things. We don't know. Uh, but let's not worry about what day 47 is going to look like. Right now, we're just at week five. Amen to that. Make the most of today. Man, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. You just have, you say some really uplifting things. You have a really amazing, uplifting mindset. It's clear that you've developed that to a great extent. You've cultivated your courage. You have been decisive. You take action. You certainly have shown that discipline and determination uh, have, have been some of the keys to your physical prowess. Uh, you've exercised your flexibility and knowing that things can change at any moment. Uh, if there's ever been a guest that has embodied tenaciousness, you know, it is certainly you. I've just been honored to have you on the show. And thank you so much for sharing your message and, and your special gift to my audience. Uh, I hope, and you know, I don't even hope, I know that you have resonated with them because your words are just that kind of wind beneath my wings kind of mentality. Pardon the <laughs> blatant pop culture pun, uh, but you, you do great things. And I really appreciate having you on the show today. Well, Jesse, I absolutely um, I'm humbled and just appreciate the opportunity to share my story. Um, there's power in just sharing things. So thank you. Absolutely, my man. I just want everyone to know that if you want to learn more about Mark Turnipseed and what he's doing, I'm going to have links to his well, both of his websites, his old blog, his new blog. You're going to be able to locate him on social media. We're going to have all those links available for you. So if there's any want, need, or desire to find out more about what Mark coaches, uh, learn more about his coaching programs or how he could help you, then those will be there for you. As always, the show notes are the place to locate those. A huge fan of you checking that out on podcast. Bean because I just think they're laid out so much better there. As always, everyone, please just be kind to yourself. Understand that this is a difficult situation for everyone. Be mindful of how your emotions are being triggered and how you're presenting those to the world. Uh, go out and do some jumping jacks, walk a block. You can do this and still be social distance. Don't coop yourself up in the house and not get any kind of physical activity. It is not good for you. I can assure you, most of you from what I've heard on Instagram, have told me that you're already being physically active. For those of you who aren't, find a way to do that. Keep yourself going. Stay positive. Remember, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Until I see you next week, take care, guys. Bye-bye. 